Ah, you damn right. Hope everybody is having a good Tuesday. Shout out to any and all of our veterans that may be listening today and any and all of those folks that may be connected to the World War II generation. Today is D-Day, June 6th. For you history fans, military fans, America fans, a big day in the history of this country. Also, the birthday of my man Rick Sacamano's wife. So happy birthday to Miss Sacamano, who is a D-Day birthday person. Uh, If today is important to you, we are glad you're with us. It's Chad and Zay. Um, Out of nowhere, we're going to start with a golf story today. We've got some football stuff to get into as well. And we now know where the Longhorns will be for the Super Regional. And they got to make the long trip, and they got to make the trip west. Chad and Zay, I'm Chad Hastings, and he is Isaiah Collier. What's up, Zay? Aggies, what you running from? You're always running. Running to the SEC to dodge us. Running, losing the Penn State to dodge us in the NCAA tournament for men's basketball. And then getting smoked yesterday by Stanford to dodge us once again for a Super Regional. That's not too weak. That's pretty weak. It's pretty weak. It's pretty weak, Chad. I don't know if the word dodge is what I would use to describe it, but losing is the word I would use to describe it. I was worried going into the game last night, once the momentum turns sometimes in those series, you just can't get it back. And I thought what Texas was able to do against Miami was the way to do it. That's what the Aggies could not pull off. I said it yesterday, and I feel it even more so today, especially with the Aggie pitching as shaky as it's been at times. But what Texas did in that third inning to lay that many runs on Miami, turn that lead right around, because you mentioned it yesterday, Zay, Miami had all that bravado, all that attitude with that early home run. Oh, boy, was pimp walking to first base after he did that backflip on that 3-1 shot. Not only did Texas turn the game, they turned it in the third inning, and they made that fan base realize, and they made those players realize, oh, my God, now we have to chase six runs, six of them? And we got to find a way to win, and we've got to find a way to do it again. Aggies couldn't quite get that done against Stanford, and once the momentum hit uh, on the Cardinals side, it just didn't seem to go away. 7-1, a definitive victory last night for Stanford. So they really did show by the end of that. Took them a little while to get going, but by the end of that regional, Stanford shows why they were a national seed. Because they are a number 8 national seed, they get to host Texas goes out there to Palo Alto, and Longhorn fans, you're going to have to wait all the way through. Remember all that waiting last week for rain? Well, this week it's going to be waiting for all the other games to happen because Texas will go last of these eight games. So they've said everything. It is Saturday at 5 o'clock. So Texas and Stanford is a Saturday, Sunday, Monday if necessary, super regional. Game one, Saturday at 5 Game two and three, we don't know yet. We're just going to have to wait and see when they want to tell us. That's five. Our time. Our time? Yep. Okay. Five o'clock our time. So that part is good. It's not going to have to extend into like a seven or eight o'clock. They'll start everything at 11 o'clock our time on Saturday. If you're a TCU fan, you get to host now, by the way. Did y'all catch that one, Horn Frogs? Not only is TCU blasting the cover off the ball right now, 44 runs in the regional, 12 runs, 20 runs, uh, then 12 again. Uh, they busted up Arkansas. They play at 4 o'clock on Friday. If you are a – who's the other one that would people might care about? Um, I guess maybe LSU fans 
would care. They play Saturday at uh, 2 o'clock. Texas Tech got eliminated yesterday. A&M got eliminated yesterday. So we're kind of down to those teams in the region. Uh, But everything is set. You can check that out at NCAA.com, Texas and Stanford, on Saturday. So the whole Texas and Texas A&M, is it going to be Austin? Is it going to be College Station? Once again, as you pointed out at the beginning of the show, Zay, and as one of our as our guest Joe Cook of um, Inside Texas pointed out yesterday, the last time it was the Aggies that didn't you know hold up their end of the bargain, and they did it again. They couldn't find a way to beat Stanford, so it will not be Texas and Texas A and M in a super regional. I guess this shouldn't be as bad as the March Madness tournament since Stanford was the favorite and they were hosting the regionals and mm-hmm. playing at home. You know, it's not as bad. Y'all were supposed to beat Penn State. I mean, yes. I didn't pick y'all to beat Penn State just because the brackets tell us 7-10 matchups, a lot of times the 10 wins, and that was a really bad matchup for y'all, obviously. But, you know, yeah. it is what it is. Y'all still dodging us. I it, get it. Yeah, I, I don't know if dodging is the right <laughs> yeah, word. Okay. I don't know if dodging okay. is y'all, the right y'all word. Y'all see, y'all know that y'all are going to play us next, or y'all have the possibility to. You I, can't tell me that doesn't haunt y'all. It I, starts with y'all's. Athletic director, I think, and president. Yeah, I would hope that uh, that the Aggies know that's coming. So now next Wednesday is the next time all that will come back up because next Wednesday night is when we'll find out if the Longhorns and Aggies are going to play football in twenty four, and if they are going to play, where are they going to play? That happens next Wednesday night. Yeah, so they'll we'll be debating. Out. Can we make a stadium in the Bucky's parking lot in Bastrop, <laughs> Texas, or can we go to Carwell High? Which one? Which can, one makes sense? Can we go with Isaiah's idea and go play at Caldwell? Can we do it? Now, two straight weeks at the State Fair. That's the that's my favorite. That sounds lovely. Dude, that's a wild idea. Because you could try all the foods that you didn't taste the first week against OU. Try it all, you know, and then the next week you're like, man, I didn't try this. Now you can. I want to make sure well, I'm clear on this. You want Texas to play Oklahoma in that game on that Saturday, and then a week later you're good with Texas coming all the way back up to Dallas to play the Aggies there. This is Texas. Every game is a big game. Okay. You're good with that. Yeah, let's get it. You want to call Sark and tell him that that's what it's going to be? <laughs> You, you want to call Sark and tell him that after the physical beating that that Oklahoma game requires, that you're going to have to turn around and do rival, rival, rival? Oh, we're going to be doing the beating from now on. Oh, okay. That, that's how I'm, that's how I'm looking at that. Okay. We're going right. to do the beat from now on. Okay. Y'all too. Okay. Y'all, y'all too. All right. Exactly. We're going to yeah. I want to let everybody know on that one. Yeah. Oh. I want to taste three different corn dogs with all five different mustards. That they got uh-huh. up there, all different sauces for two straight weeks. You real, as hell. You realize this year that would require A and M to play Alabama and then turn around and play Texas. Yeah, that's why. That's a big reason why. Oh my god! Good lord! Uh, I, Longhorns and Aggies wouldn't be able to walk when they get to that game. Are you kidding? My goodness! That's when you would need a little bit, a little bit of something. If it's not an off week, at least maybe a little bit of a lesser Yo, opponent. This is football. It's a physical game. Okay, man. they're all doing right. all this stuff to protect the guys. Tua got his helmet and stuff and you know these guys are getting air conditions in their helmet and stuff like that come on man I ain't trying to hear that. Let's play some football. Okay. Uh, by the way, speaking of safety and football, we'll get to that discussion coming up at 1230. Uh, also an NFL story coming here, but let's start with this crazy golf story. Zay, I heard it as I'm driving in. Uh, I guess maybe last night I saw a quick little blurb. I thought I had seen it wrong. And then this morning I hear it uh, becoming official. Today it was announced 
that the PGA Tour, the DP World Tour, that's the European Tour, if y'all don't know, and Live Golf have agreed to, get ready for this word, unify and move forward in a larger commercial business. This is an agreement, kids, between those three leagues and Saudi Arabia's public investment fund. See, Scottie Pippen can learn a lot from Live Golf and PGA Tour because if they could find a truce and merge and find a way to work together, he could get over this Michael Jordan thing. Oh. I did not see this coming. No, I did not see it coming either. You're not the only one that didn't see it coming. There are PGA Tour members that didn't see it coming. ESPN reached out to one of them, and they responded with, no effing way. <laughs> I don't know if Rory woke up today knowing it. Colin Morikawa tweeted out, I love finding out morning news on Twitter, and everyone thought yesterday was the longest day in golf. Referencing, I guess, a playoff that had happened or whatever. Oh. Um, so, yeah. This is happening at 3 o'clock this afternoon. They're going to have a meeting with the PGA guys in Toronto, which is where their next event is. So, Zay, there's just a whole lot of weird backtracking, back, you know, back up and think about things differently. All this discussion about Saudi money and blood money and morality and everything now – it's all going to be under one umbrella, and they are they're going to be funding all three tours. Yeah, it's pretty wild. Uh, I mean, it's pretty wild to know the rivalry that it's become with PGA and Live Golf and how these PGA guys felt from Tiger Woods. You know, you just mentioned Rory. Then on the other side, guys like Phil Mickelson and Brooks Kepka. And I don't know if that had anything to do with it. Brooks Kepka winning these majors and stuff and PGA Tour, clearly they're not making the money that they used to make before Live Golf. So, I guess this makes the most sense, but there's going to be a lot of people that stopped watching PGA Tour. Like that were, yeah. oh, that were just so oh, against live golf for obvious reasons, just the stuff that goes on behind the scenes with them. And then, yeah, just their morale. Like, come on. That's, that's crazy for some people to think, how are y'all going to do this? But we're going to see what people who are in the PGA Tour, how are they going to react to it? Because they have their views on it. Are you just going to quit your job? Right. You know what I'm no, saying? No, that's... Just because you believe in something? It's going to be... I brought this up all through this discussion. It goes back to Boardwalk Empire on HBO, Nucky Thompson, played by Steve Buscemi. We all have to figure out how much evil we can live with. That was the Nucky Thompson line. That's what this is all about. And now the PGA guys that didn't think they were going to have to make a moral decision, are going to have to change their moral high ground. They're going to have to figure this out. There's already been discussions about dirty money that might already be in golf or slimy agreements that might already exist. Now you're just adding this big... Listen, in the statement, if you're a PGA person and you hate live golf, get ready to have acid in your mouth. The circuit said the parties have signed an agreement that, quote, combines PIF's golf-related commercial businesses and rights, including Live Golf, with the commercial businesses and rights of the PGA Tour and DP World Tour into a new collectively owned for-profit entity to ensure that all stakeholders benefit from a model that delivers maximum excitement and competition among the game's best players. So, Zay, deep down, all the people that hated this Saudi idea, they could at least sleep at night thinking, well, they're not making money. 
This fund is just, they're throwing money at the live thing, but they're not making money. They're just trying to make a political type statement. They're just trying to sports wash things or whatever. They're blowing money, yeah. Now they're going to be making money. Now they're going to be helping the PGA make money, helping the the European tour make money, and eventually figuring out a way for live, I guess, to make money. I mean, some of the sentences I read today, and I'm not deep into this thing, got me a little uncomfortable. I can only imagine what a Rory McIlroy or some of those guys think today. Um, head of the PGA writes that PIF will make investments to build an even stronger and more robust commercial business together and was committed to significant financial support towards causes that positively impact the game on a global basis. Oh, my God. Yeah. So So Are they going to still be playing in, like, live-type tournaments? That So the rest of this year, Liv's going to finish out, and I guess everybody finishes their business. Then they're going to try to figure out if so, you— Excuse me, I'll make a off. When's the season end, though? Uh, for Liv, I don't know. Maybe they have a, a sporadic schedule. I'm assuming they'll go through, like, I don't know, September, October? Okay. And then PGA finishes their schedule, and then they've got to figure out, if I got kicked out of the PGA, uh, Kepka and DeChambeau, Dustin Johnson, if I got kicked out, how do I get back in? they got to figure that out. And how do, I, how do I play PGA if I want to? But now they're going to have all these agreements about live. They're, they, they're talking about more team events throughout golf. Yeah, that's what I mean. A big part of these guys going live, yes, the money's good, but it was to save themselves from playing every single week. Yeah, have a better schedule. Yeah, just a way better yep. schedule so they don't get tired out and they can spend time with their families and still make great money. So now are, are yeah. they going to go back to that crazy schedule where you're playing week in, week out? Well, remember, PGA had already come to kind of an agreement just amongst themselves of we're going to have certain elite tournaments, there's going to be a little more time off between. There's certain turn. Remember the you know Rory McIlroy got fined recently for missing a specific tournament. Because of there wasn't an injury, he just didn't play, and they fined him for it. Fined him like three million. They had like a big hunk of money for all the major major guys, saying, "Look, they're showing up to see you. You know that. I know that. We're going to pay you this big lump sum throughout the year for showing up." He didn't show up for one of them. They docked him like two three million dollars, and he understood it was happening, and then it happened. So they're going to have to come up with new you know agreements there. Phil Mickelson has already tweeted out today, you know, a happy emoji and it's a good day and all that. Remember, go all the way back when Phil started got in trouble in that article. He said it was about I want to restructure the way the PGA works, the way the PGA does what it does. And he and people ripped him for saying, Phil, this isn't about golf. This isn't about you making golf better. This is about you making money. Stop doing that. It's because you're a, you know you gamble too much, and maybe you have gambling debts or whatever the reason. Just say it's about the money. But today, Phil Mickelson might get to sit back and go, Oh, okay. So y'all didn't believe me? Oh, he don't look too dumb. Y'all didn't believe me when I said it was about restructuring golf. Today you found out we're restructuring golf under one big old umbrella, and yes, there's Saudi money involved. So can y'all deal with that, says Lefty and Greg Norman and DeChambeau and Johnson and all these dudes. And now the Rory McIlroys of the world, who have been running their mouth on the other side, they're going to figure out what they're going to say. Yeah, I think Brooks Kepka really shook things up with him winning that major. Because now, you might be all, right. All those guys, they're thinking PJ guys like when these guys coming in winning majors, not good for business, right? It is, and, and he was the runner up at the Masters too. Yeah, so almost wins one major, wins the other, 
And people can argue, didn't he look fre- look pretty fresh, huh? Look pretty fresh. <laughs> he's been look pretty happy too he's with, a, with his petty self. He's had a chance to work on his game a little more. Uh-huh. And when he won that live event a few weeks ago, four mil. Boom. Ooh. One week, three rounds, four million dollars. Laughing and joking. Oh my God. So that's a huge story in golf today. If you have thoughts on it, let us know. Specs text line 337-3776. If you're a big golf freak, does this change the way you think about golf? Does it change the way you'd watch golf? If you were on the side of the PGA and you just hated the live guys and you hated the thought of it, does this whole Saudi agreement hit you the wrong way? Or are you going to rearrange kind of the way maybe you think about things? We'll talk about that. Uh, Also, in terms of weird, corrupt sports stories, NFL's got another one. The NFL is investigating another gambling story. And Zay, this one involves the Indianapolis Colts. It is a kick returner and cornerback named Isaiah Rogers. I'll admit I did not remember who Isaiah Rogers was. uh, For possible violations of the gambling policy. Here's the little technical part, though. Zay, the account that they looked at was opened under the name of an associate <laughs> of Rogers. You've been talking about Cousin What's-His-Name for a long time now. Cousin Avery, man. And how you got to be careful. Got to be careful. I keep asking the question, are they properly going through the details with these guys of what they are and are not allowed to do? This goes back to 2018 when the Supreme Court changed the way the betting discussion went, the NFL moved on it. The NFL changed. Right now, the NFL has three agreements with sports books. Three, kids. Y'all have seen those commercials, right? With Jamie Foxx. That's one of them. It's, it's what? It's Caesars, MGM, and DraftKings, I want to say is the three. Maybe FanDuel's one. Mm-hmm. But they have three major agreements. They have commercials that run all the time during games. But these players are supposed to understand exactly what they can and cannot do. So this is an associate of the player. So if I just know somebody, and then they're going to start monitoring their betting, and they catch a bet or two, and in this case it is 100. 100 bets. 100 bets, like 25 bucks, around 50 bucks, like in between there. uh, uh, Yes. Uh, About 100 times. About 100 bets. They said one bet went up into the four digits, but most of them were. But one one was like 25 to 50, right? And some of them were on Colts games. Oh, fam. You're betting against Sam? Some of them. Kick him out the league, Roger. Some of them were out the league. on Colts games. The question is, how close is this associate? Does it make sense that we would think this person doesn't bet? Because obviously you don't want like the agent of a player. The agent, family member, they could get inside information. They could get a call on a Wednesday or Thursday and go, oh, man, Matt Ryan's hurt. When he was the, you know, when he was the quarterback there, right? right? Oh man, Matt's not playing this week. Oh, so and so is not playing this week. Use that inside information. Throw down a bet. Now that's been happening for years, I'm sure. But the difference right now, Zay, is because they're in business with the gambling folks. The NFL now has companies that they use to monitor all of this stuff, and that's what the players need to realize yesterday, because <laughs> more and more of them apparently don't understand that. Yeah, I mean, you're betting against your team and Jeff Saturday's your coach. I can't knock it because, you know, what What do you say there? Like, what do you Touché. say there? You know, about, like, hey. I can't knock the brother. What, I really can't. Whatever you do, bet against the Colts. <laughs> I'm not telling you what to do, Cousin Ed, but Jeff Saturday's our coach, man. 
Did you see that? <laughs> I, I, I pray he didn't bet on any games that Sam Ellinger started. Please, that just for my sake, I hope you did not do that. Jeff who? Jeff Fisher? No, no, no. Jeff Fisher would be bad. Jeff yeah. Saturday, Jeff Saturday is so, our coach. Wow, man. Dude, this is just. Yeah, kick, kick a boy out the league, man. You can't be doing stuff like that, especially after the Jamison Williams thing, after the Calvin Ridley thing, which we know the Jacks came up on that one. But come on, bruh. And what this I, is a bad look. The other thing I don't get is, you got again, you got to learn how to draw those lines. Anybody around you, if you know somebody's into betting, either do not give them any information or. You've got to educate them on what they're allowed to bet on. Look, man, I'm an Indianapolis Colt. You get that, right? You cannot, listen to me, you cannot bet on Colts games, and you can't bet on the NFL. Say it back to me, you cannot bet on the NFL. Here's a rule I didn't know, Zay. We asked about the other day. NFL players are not allowed to play daily fantasy if money's on the line. Any amount of money. Yeah. And they're not allowed to play season-long fantasy and make more than $250. Right. If you if your prize is $251 and an NFL associate, player, staff member, whatever, if any of those people are involved, if they win $251 million, that's technically illegal for their agreement. Yeah, I get it. So they have got to do a better job at times of making sure all these guys know. By the way... This dude, Isaiah Rogers, is taking the responsibility. He says he didn't mean to do anything wrong. He he says he didn't mean to, you know, he didn't mean to put the Colts in a bad light. He's going to take responsibility for it, and he hopes to be back very soon. Nope. Well, I'll tell you, Isaiah, you're going to be getting a call from a very popular former wrestler in Dwayne The Rock Johnson because that's the league you're going to be playing in next, where you probably can bet and they won't give a damn. They'll look the other way Mm, while you're playing. You probably could bet in the second quarter. You just return the kick, maybe bet on the next half. And the XFL, that's mm. how wild it is. I cannot believe you used that to make an XFL I'm, joke. I'm, Damn. I'm just saying, Isaiah Rogers, you out of pocket, bro. Like, they, you remember how they did my man Brett Favre wrong in the NFC Championship game, Bounty Gate? You know what I'm saying? And uh-huh. some people don't even think that was that bad. Like, okay, a little money on the side to give Brett Favre out the game. Uh, I think the fact that it was Brett Favre, them boys got in trouble, including the defensive coordinator. But come on now. Uh Like, there's – you got to see examples of people's mistakes before you, Pete Rose. (laughs) Rogers said, quote, The last thing I ever wanted to do was to be a distraction to the Colts organization, my coaches, and my teammates. I've let people down that I care about. I made an error in judgment. And I'm going to work hard to make sure that those mistakes are reflected, through, excuse me, are rectified through this process. It's an honor to play in the NFL, and I have never taken that lightly. I am very sorry for all of this. Now, what if he bet on the last game of the season because he knew it was at stake for the Houston Texans? Like, ain't no way these fools are going to beat us. They're trying to get the number one pick. Let's put this uh, faux uh, digits on the line. Oh, now. my God. Can you imagine if part of why they caught him was the Lovey Smith thing? <laughs> That'd be fantastic. That would be fantastic if Coach Santa Claus screwing up that last game just as a knife to the gut for the team that was about to fire him. If that's what got this guy caught, that'd be crazy. You know Isaiah Rogers telling Cousin Avery, bruh, 
We yeah. going to win this game. We got to win. They're going to try to lose. They want the number one pick. They're going to try to lose. Just go through the logic in your head, man. Us to cover. It makes total sense. Oh, yeah. That got him. <laughs> that got that uh, brother. Now funny. he's going to be playing in the USFL. Oh, my God. All right. So there's your NFL corruption story of the day. Uh, the question really becomes, Calvin Ridley's been the biggest name I think we could talk about. Jamison Williams is a, certainly a... a, a up-and-coming name. We haven't had a monster name get kicked out of the league, with all due respect to Ridley. Are we going to have that? Because these names have been pretty small. Lesser guys, you may have heard the name, but it's not a big, big name. What I wonder, Zay, first time somebody's big old left tackle that matters to them gets kicked out for six games or more, I think that's when the discussion will really start to happen at the NFL office level. Oh, the greatest player of all time in basketball had a gambling problem. Is that right? Yeah. Good thing there wasn't social media where you could put bets online and stuff like that. Because who knows what would have happened to Mike. And a lot of people, conspiracy theories out there, talk about him not playing those two years going to play baseball because he would have gotten trouble and that would have been bad for business for the Mm. NBA, according to David Stern. I don't know. That's what people say. I don't know. Pops got whack. Who knows? The mob. He maybe owed some money. Whatever. Michael loved baseball. He loved baseball. I keep telling y'all Michael loved baseball. He did love baseball. He had a dream. He did. He had a dream to play baseball. But there's players in the NBA that have that MJ, oh, I don't have a gambling problem, I have a competitive problem. <laughs> and they're going to slip up. Uh-huh. They're going to slip up. It's just a matter of time. Oh, man. They just need to focus in on college football. Just bet on college football. I think yeah. you're, They're at allowed home. to do that. At home. At home. College football <laughs> at, at home, home or at Wendy's or at Whataburger or at McDonald's. You're allowed to do that. Even if... You live like five minutes away from the facility. Don't risk it. No, don't. That's too close. Even walking yeah, to that, the Don't do that. That is too close. <laughs> like, get far away from home, Jameson. Do you have a desktop at your house? <laughs> Only bet on that. Do not bet on your phone just to make sure. Don't do it on a trip or anything. Can't believe these brothers. Somebody said Tony from Blue Chips. <laughs> <laughs> there it is. Right? Exactly. Now I get that reference. All right, coming up, we'll talk about a spring football league that uh, you may not know about. And in a way, though, you could have maybe seen this one coming. Plus, little Cowboys wide receiver news for you. I don't think it has anything to do with gambling. It does have to do with somebody trying to fill out the roster. And uh, then in the crap bag, I'll tell you about the 30 for 30 that's coming on tonight. You may love it. You may hate it. But are you going to have to watch? We'll talk about it on the horn. Chad and Zay. Oh, I feel like it's disco time now. I mean, feel like the floor's glowing. Feel like everybody's got big collars going. Is this uh, car wash? There we go. Working at the car wash. But it's one of those where I don't know the artist. I just know the song. Is this somebody famous? I don't think so. No, who is it? Rolls Royce. <laughs> no, it's not. I wonder if they got sued. Rolls Royce? Yeah. <laughs> but they, they spell it like Rose. Oh, Rose Royce. Yeah. Oh, oh, I see. Okay. Like a person named Rose Royce. Yeah. Okay. Rose Royce. Working at the car wash. Last night, uh, the girls were watching the movie The Martian with Matt Damon. You ever seen that one? Nope. Spoiler alert. But part of the movie is he's so he ends up dude ends up stranded on Mars, 
And it's newish, right? It is newish. Yeah, it's yeah, really, yeah. really good movie. And he ends up stranded, and the only music he has access to is one of the other astronauts that he was <laughs> with, only like disco. And apparently that's all she had, so he had to get into disco, and that was the torture of it. He was on Mars, and he only had to listen to disco to listen to. Mm. Kind of freaked him out. Yeah, it could be tough. Yeah, he tried to... Yeah, tried to get into it. A little difficult. Do you see any aliens in the movie? Uh, I will not divulge that information. Mm. It's not really that kind of movie. Oh man, not really that kind of movie. But it's really good. It's a, it's a great. Just, it's one of those kind of thinkers. It's a good long. It's a long movie too. Long movie, and it's a thinker, and you just kind of get yourself immersed in what would I do if I was in that situation? Okay, it's crazy. Yeah, I'm gonna start Face Off today. It's, yes, I found it on Showtime. I got Showtime, so. Yeah. Now it's a two-hour movie. Make yes. sure it's unedited. You're unedited, yeah, right? It's unedited. Okay, some good yeah. swearing in the movie. Yeah. Oh, the two of them are fantastically bad. <laughs> it's my. It's one of my favorite Travolta performances, and it may be my favorite Nicolas Cage performance in terms of just it all by itself. Trying to make me believe. Nick's name is Caster Troy, and what's uh what's Travolta's name? Oh, something Archer. Somebody Archer is his name. Okay. You get a couple actors that you'll know, but it's really about those two guys showing off in slow motion. Lots of slow motion. Huh. Gina Gershon is in it, looking really good. What? Gina is uh, is Nicolas Cage's woman in there. Yes. Uh, So Zay's going to check out Face Off. I'm going to listen to the Ludacris album. Um, What is it again? Word of Mouth. Word of Mouth. Word of Mouth. Yep. Going to listen to that this week as well. All right, Zay, let's get this story out. I hadn't heard about it until today, but this could end up affecting a lot of the folks we talk about from time to time. We do the flex segment every day at 1.30 and talk about a lot of high school football talent. What the heck is somebody thinking up on the high school football level? Yeah, high school football kind of going the AAU select basketball route or select baseball, softball, whatever you want to say. The former USFL president, Brian Woods, is launching a spring league for the top high school football talent in 2024. It will be a six-week season featuring 11-on-11 format. The league will allow all athletes to profit off of NIL. The teams will be out of Atlanta. It's 12 teams, by the way. Based out of Atlanta, Cleveland, Dallas, Houston, New Jersey, New Orleans, Los Angeles, Miami, Phoenix, San Diego, San Francisco, and Tampa. Wow. What kind of NIL can I get off of a league like that? I mean, we know each state has their own NIL rules, but if it's televised or at least streamed, Right, maybe a little something, something. And I went to like I went to, and you made fun of me for it. And so did the listeners. I went to the XFL championship game, and there was it wasn't packed, but there wasn't nobody there. My guess was about twenty thousand people showed up, and my and my assumption is based on their agreements with TV, those dudes got paid right through the XFL season, whatever that number is. But this is for high school kids. So if everybody knows what's going on and everybody understands the risk, and they're getting paid. Parents, do you have an issue? If you're a parent right now of a star player that's a sophomore, that's a junior, that's a senior, whatever, would you think about this? It depends. I think if you're a five-star athlete, I'd probably stay away from it just because I want to save my body for my actual team that I play on during the fall. Because now I know I can go from high school to college and I get the NIL benefit. Exactly. Yeah. If I'm a three-star, 
that wants to get my name out there a little bit more. Haven't got the offers I want. Haven't got the offers I want. I'm looking for a specific offer. And maybe they're looking at me, but they need to see more <laughs> tape. And I know, and I know, right. I'm a I'm a wide receiver, and I'm in a run based offense, and my quarterback can't throw twenty yards. Uh-huh. I might want to look at this. Maybe I've always wanted to go to Georgia, but they're not paying attention, so I go to the team that's in Atlanta. Yeah, and I see if I can make a little noise. I see. I don't think it runs like that. I think it's where you're from. Like, okay, let's say if, but that's we're looking at somebody in Austin. Right. They'll probably play for one of the Dallas or Houston teams. But that's what I'm saying. If I'm a kid that's growing up in the Atlanta area, and I love Georgia, but they won't pay attention to me. Okay, yeah, yeah, yeah. Wouldn't I try to get on that Atlanta team yeah. to make a little noise, squeak a little bit, right? see if I can get some grease? Yeah, but the difference with you know this, again, it's like a select AAU type of feel because you're going to get you know more eyes on you, and if they do it the right way and stream it the right way, then it could be very popular. Like I'm, tu- I'm gonna tune in. I'm gonna be locked in if this works. Like I want to see, especially if guys in this area again who aren't getting the love that they deserve and want to, uh, right. you know, see what they could do and have a good experience while doing it. I- why not? Like if you and I heard that like a Miles Coleman or an Adrian Wilson from Weiss or the quarterback at Westlake or somebody like that was going to be playing in a league like that? Yeah. And they were going to throw it on our television? Would you watch? Yes. I would too. Now would I pay is a different question. Like would I actually pay to watch it? That's a different thing. No, probably not. If it's a subscription type of deal or something. Yeah. But if you get an agreement and they throw that on my TV, that's that's an interesting thought. So spring leagues, not just about XFL, USFL, maybe a spring league that involves high school players. As big a deal as high school football is. Wow. Again, as long as everybody understands what is at risk, which that's the part of it that's different than an AAU basketball game. There's risk there, but not the same. As long as you understand that risk, take it on, and we're compensating the kids. Yeah, and that's the scariest thing. Like, we know how brutal the football game is. These guys just getting hurt and not being available for their senior season of high school. Because you make the great point. If if I am like an Adrian Wilson or Miles Coleman, to bring up a couple names, if if I'm feeling like I'm living in that four- to five-star world, and I could go to a school that could get me ultimately where I'm trying to go, whether that's just a great education or it might be the football path, I may not put myself at risk. I'd put myself at risk maybe for a little seven-on-seven. Yeah. Don't know if i put myself on risk for tackle 11-on-11 in this situation unless you are going to capital P pay me. Yeah, I get it. That'd be the issue. Like, What are they really going to be making? And one thing that's different – with baseball and basketball, and, you know, even soccer, playing AAU, you could just go out there and throw a whole bunch of people together and kind of make it work. It won't be, it won't mm-hmm. gel really. You know, obviously you need practice and stuff and some type of chemistry and camaraderie, but you have to learn plays in football. And everybody has so many different roles, or if somebody doesn't do one thing right, the whole offense could be mucked up slash defense. So they're going to have to do basic-ass formations and things that these guys could catch on fast because they're still in high school. They're still learning the game. You know what I'm saying? Mm -hmm. And who knows the terminology that they're getting from their respective schools, and when they get thrown into this you know, spring league, whatever it's going to be called, 
how they're going to be able to adjust just because they're not used to the style of play from whatever coach they're going to get. Yeah. Like, who knows? Who knows what coaches they're going to get? Are they going to get actual, like, coaches that used to be a part of the NFL or – High quality yeah. old offensive coordinators and are just these guys, high school coaches, are they high or school are these coaches, college coaches, exactly. Or, yeah. And what's their motive? You know what I'm saying? Do they yeah. just want? Are they going to be just trying to pick their guys? Because you want to get high school coaches from the best high schools. So are they going to try to just get their guys in there? And if they do, are they just going to be looking out for them first before the other players? It's going to be very interesting. I've, I've never thought I'd see anything like this. That is pretty wild. Somebody texted in, Chad, we all know you ain't paying for that. Yeah, no, exactly. <laughs> and then somebody else texted, um, says, you know, what if your family needs the money? Yeah, if the money makes sense and you feel like you need it and maybe you don't have a chance to make it in some other situation, might be something to think about. Another thing, Chad, I don't know we got to go to break, but Lonzo Ball, he might not ever play again. Word on the street with the Chicago Bulls camp, Lonzo Ball, big time, you know, Ball family, LeVar and stuff coming out of Chino Hills, the big time prodigy. He might not play again. And I make this comparison because he was doing football insane workouts when he was a child. So sometimes guys need to rest. Right. Like now he never relaxed. He never rested yeah. his whole career. Lamelo Ball, he's dealt with injuries too. It's not as extreme as Lonzo, but you look at these guys, sometimes they need a break. Like that fall season, 12 games, even more when depending on how far they go in the playoffs, that could be a lot on yeah. the high school body that's still developing. That's the first thing I would think if I'm a parent is that just sounds like a lot of extra football on my child's body is what it sounds like. That sounds like some extra football do we really want to do that? Uh, and by the way, and I'm not even doing this as a joke, but isn't it also part of the Lonzo Ball story that they believe that those crappy shoes helped destroy his feet? Yes. Yes. Like they think that's a part of it, uh-huh. right? Yeah, because yeah. he was going through those shoes like crazy because they were busting up and he would roll his ankle and they just weren't, they were cheaply made. Yeah. Yeah, that's, that's a really sad part of that story, too. All right, keep your eyes peeled for that. Spring football uh, branching out into even the, maybe the high school realm. We'll keep an eye out for that league coming up. Also coming up in the crap bag, will you watch the 30 for 30 tonight and the Cowboys make a little move for a name you might remember? That's next on The Horn. Chad and Zay. Uh, um, um, is that Foreigner? Foreigner, baby. Yeah? Uh, oh, it's Head Games. Head Games. Yeah, I may hear this live in August. I'm going to see what's left of Foreigner and what's left of Loverboy in August. What do you mean, what's left? I don't know what's left. I've I've heard that when you go see Foreigner nowadays, you don't know exactly what you're getting. So we're going to play Foreigner Roulette <laughs> on August the 14th over at Moody. And Loverboy, I've never seen either one of them live. All right. I don't think we get Lou Graham with this version of Foreigner. But I might hear some head games. Foreigner and Rose Royce getting us started today. Uh, Chad and Zay with you on this Tuesday. Some good texts rolling in um, on a lot of different things today. Uh, somebody texted, no way will the UIL allow this league's NIL compensated players to participate in UIL sanctioned sports. 
that's another factor of it too in the states because everybody's got different NIL rules. For the states that don't allow high school players to benefit from NIL, Texas would be one of those, for those states, you're not going to let your guys go play in a spring league and then come back and play for their high school for their senior or junior year. Yeah, big reason right? why Quinn Ewers went to Ohio State. There you go. Yep, good point. All right, uh, coming up at 105, we'll get back into some basketball talk with Keenan Womack of OrangeBloods.com. His thoughts on Dylan Mitchell coming back to Texas and the team that they're putting together. Plus, we are closing in on the draft. What are we? Uh, let me see, do my math right. 16 days away from June 22nd. What does he think about Wembenyama heading to San Antonio and some of the other big names that he's looking for early on in the draft? Uh, We'll get into that right now. Let's get into the crap bag. Oh, good Lord, am I actually going to watch this thing. Here we go. Chad's crap bag. Crap bag. If you need an easy way to remember it, just think of a bag of crap. Brought to you by AV Consultations, 255-8678, or go to avconsultations.com. I will admit that over the years, there are some 30 for 30s that I record, I watch immediately, I might even watch them twice if they're awesome, and then I'll delete them. There are some 30 for 30s that I'll record with the intent of watching them, and they'll just sit on my DVR for years. Still have not finished them. And Zay, I got a weird feeling like this one tonight might end up in the second category. Tonight is the first, get this, of a four-part 30 for 30 on Bill Walton. Four parts. That's wild. Zay, on Bill Walton. I'm not saying Bill Walton's not famous. I'm not saying he hasn't had a long, interesting life. But four parts? We're going four hours worth on Bill Walton? Yeah. Because what? You got to cover the UCLA time. You got to cover the NBA time. And you got to cover the broadcasting time? No, you got to cover the UCLA time. Mm-hmm. The acid. Oh, right. Then yeah. the Trailblazers. And then the broadcasting with his kids. And Volume two. Stuff. Bill in the 60s. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so there's a moment. Where And I'll admit this about the Dick Vitale 30 for 30. Still haven't watched the whole thing. I don't watch that either. I used to love Dick Vitale. But there's a moment where he kind of jumped the shark for me, and it just became all about Dick Vitale. Everything was about Dick Vitale. So I can't watch a game with him on it now. He still gives me enough basketball where I can get through it. But a couple years ago, Bill Walton lost me. Lost me. I used to love the man growing up. NBC, him and uh, what was his name? Him and Snapper Jones uh, on there with Marv Albert doing NBA games, breaking it all down. Ma Rashad on the sideline. Ma Rashad on the sideline during that period where it was Celtics and Lakers giving way to Michael. Sorry, giving way to Pistons, then giving way to Michael and all that. I loved him back. The get a rebound. That's the worst possession in the history of the franchise. All that stuff when he'd get real. But he was talking basketball, Zay. He stopped doing that. A few years ago, he decided that the acid, or sorry, the acid decided in his brain, let's just make every play-by-play guy look stupid, we'll take off our shirt, we'll talk about the Grateful Dead, and we'll insult every conference that's not the Pac-12. That's what it became, and I've gotten soured on Bill to the point that I just don't know if I'm going to watch this thing. Yeah, I mean, when you're under the influence like he definitely was, and at his age, I'm just glad he's alive to tell this story, to be honest. And <laughs> he's an interesting guy. I'm I'm with you. I don't think this is a premiere night type of watch. You don't think this, this is, is a, a gotta be no, there? Yeah. No, like I see I, how it is. I set it to record, but yeah. I just don't know if I'm watching. I definitely want to hear him talk about 
the John Wooden days because John yeah. Wooden was a little sleazy and nobody knows about that. Like, how much money did you take, Bill? Because NIL wasn't even thought of in the 60s and 70s. And that's how he got a lot of those players over there at Westwood. But who, who knows? Like, that's, oh, man, four parts. That's a lot of Bill Walton. It is. Somebody texted, that's either going to be really good or crappy as hell. Yeah, that's the other thing I feel. I feel like it's going to be a polarized thing. It's either going to be awesome or it's going to completely fall apart. Somebody else texted, Bill Walton, Mark Jackson, and Jeff Van Gundy need to all be fired or forced to retire. Oh, I, damn. I only agree with Walton on that. I, I have no problem with Mark Jackson and Jeff Van Gundy. Yeah, I mean, there's no Doris Burke, but I'm, I'm no. no problem with Mark Jackson and Van Gundy. No, not many are Doris Burke. One of these days, they're gonna they're gonna return. They're gonna do what I want them to do, which is take any play by play guy you want. Breen is fine, and they're gonna let Doris Burke and Hubie Brown call a game together. Oh man, that's what I want to hear. I, I want it. Elite TV right that there. That would be big time. Uh, or just give me like an hour of some kind of podcast where those two talk hoops because I feel like I would learn something. Uh, our man Chris Bennett says, yeah, I'll pass on Walton. I just don't feel like a lot of people are going to be as into it. I think he's jumped the shark. I think it's gone too far. And and it's just like this, you know, oh, my God, isn't he great? Oh, my God, he's so great. Eventually, it just gets tired. Well, so, okay, yeah, it probably will get tired, but, but his the, life is so interesting. No, it like, is. Wasn't he? Uh, it's the full story here. Yeah, wasn't, I remember him marching for stuff. I don't know exactly what, but I see pictures of him marching and, you know, a yeah. part of the people, just he, normal, not normal, but everyday life things yeah. that you wouldn't see professional athletes doing, white athletes doing specifically. Like, he was out there with the people yeah, fighting think, for things. I think that part of it, I think the basketball fan part of me and that part, there is a social activism to him. There is also just he's a unique figure. There's no doubt about that. And by the way, I'm assuming they'll get into, from what I've heard, he butted heads with, uh, with John Wooden a lot at UCLA. He didn't just walk in there and get along with everything John Wooden wanted. He was a free spirit. Yeah, think about how Lou Alcindor was and then Bill Walton. Yeah. Like Kareem, stoic as he is, no nonsense, doesn't play no games, and then Bill Walton, who plays right. a lot of games, coming there all freely and stuff. And, you know, I, I do want to hear about his foot injury. Because uh-huh. a lot of people say if it wasn't for that foot, we'd be talking about him with Wilt, Shaq, Kareem, Hakeem, all those great centers. Some people still do. He's still one of the best passing centers of all time. And that 77 ring was pretty magical back in the day going against uh, Daryl Dawkins and Julius Irving. But, yeah, he hurt that leg and they didn't think he'd ever play again. Mm-hmm. And there's stories about Red Arback with his cheating self like – Forging the medical papers to the to Boston just to get him on the squad for that '86 title run, like he wasn't supposed to play. He right. wasn't really clear. And Red Arback was like, "We're just we're gonna clear him just because I know he could give us something." Yeah, and he did. And he, he was the sixth man did. of the year in '86. Well, uh, this text says Walton probably agreed to do it if they did at least four parts. <laughs> <laughs> Maybe somebody else says Walton is irrelevant on all levels. No one will watch. I'm not sure about that. Somebody says, do they keep ratings on 30 for 30? I've never heard about ratings on who watches the opening night or whatever. I feel like I'll start it, and we'll see how interesting it is. I feel like this is one that, even though I'm a little hesitant at the beginning, I feel like there's going to be big hunks of this that I learned something. I didn't see him play 
at UCLA. Not for a second. I did not. I do not remember Bill Walton ever playing at UCLA because I'm not in that age group, and I barely remember him. I remember the Boston version. Yeah. I don't even remember. I don't even remember the healthy NBA version of Bill Walton because of my age. So that part of it, I want to learn about. There may be a moment after which I say, "Okay, now I'm done. I know about all this Bill Walton yeah. when he won't shut his mouth and he won't stop talking about psychedelics and you know g- the Grateful Dead and how great the Pac-12 is." It'll be great if they had a cameo of Aaron Rodgers. He's like, he's one of my biggest heroes. <laughs> Live from the retreat. <laughs> to all you yeah, see, like, all like the former druggies. Like, <laughs> all, all you see is just darkness, and you hear Aaron Rodgers' voice go, "Bill Walton is so cool. I love Bill Walton." <laughs> all right, there you go. Keep... Uh, like him and Doc Ellis were good friends and stuff. Yeah, oh, yeah. I can't wait. Tonight at 7 and 8. Part 1 at 7, part 2 at 8, and they're going to do the same thing next Tuesday with parts 3 and 4. Oh, that tells you a lot right there. Two parts back to back? Oh, come on. That's that's different. Jeter wasn't doing that. Uh-huh. I don't think Jeter had and jo- I don't think you Jordan think, was doing it. You think but... that tells us it's bad or good? Not as good as it can. Not be. as good. Okay, we'll see. Uh, you may be right there. Also, that name we mentioned for the Cowboys, if you missed it, Cowboys released a receiver named Antonio Callaway because he got uh, caught for driving with a suspended license. He hadn't done much with the Cowboys uh, last played in 2020. So they grabbed a guy you might remember from Oklahoma State, Tyron Johnson. Remember that name, wide receiver? Had 20 catches back in 2020 with the Chargers. He will now be trying to make the Cowboys roster. 6'1 receiver, 26. Seven years old now, Tyron Johnson. Kind of recognize that name. So Cowboys fans might be one to file away. Up next, let's talk some basketball. Just how good will the Texas Longhorns be next year now that Dylan Mitchell is also coming back? Plus, the draft is right around the corner. Keenan Womack of OrangeBloods.com coming right up on the horn.